Hello everyone. So before we get started today, we just wanted to share a few thoughts about Sarah Harding, who sadly passed away just last week after battling breast cancer. Now, Sarah is going to leave a great big gaping hole in the world of girl bands and pop music. And for me, Sarah was the spunk of Girls Aloud. She was, you know, that feisty energy. When you saw them on stage, she was always the one going a bit nuts, having a raucous time, watching her and Cheryl perform Jump Together. If anyone's ever been to a Girls Aloud concert, will know exactly what I mean. Sarah achieved so many things. She had 21 top 10 singles with Girls Aloud. She appeared in the St. Trinian's movie. She won Celebrity Big Brother. And she was even in Coronation Street for a little bit. Uh, another favourite Sarah moment for me was when Girls Aloud won their Brit. And in true Sarah fashion, she screamed, it's about time, after Girls Aloud finally won that award after being such a prominent force in pop music for so long. And all I would say is to everyone, whenever you hear the promise and it gets to Sarah's verse, scream her words as loud as you possibly can, because I think that's exactly how Sarah would want to be remembered. Hello and welcome to Songs for When. The music podcast designed to help you find the perfect playlist for every occasion. So she is often in the ensemble, but she's always a leading lady to me. It's M. And please welcome the star of We Will Rock You. <laughs> it's George. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. When I was 15. Yeah. <laughs> 15. And like at your school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was referring to when you were in the ensemble for Cats. I was, yeah. I was the first one out. I was the duh, 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 angelical cats. That was me. Oh my god! So in case you haven't guessed, today we are talking about musical songs. Yeah, there's gonna be. We're gonna do a pro- obviously a proper intro, but it's musicals. Musicals. Oh my god! So, but I guess first and foremost, Ms. Chipperfield. Yeah. What have you been binging? We need the binging section, right? You know that I've been talking about this absolutely non-stop. It's Ghosts. Ghosts. Ghosts on BBC. Is that with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze? <laughs> yeah, it's um, a sitcom about Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. <laughs> no, it's not. The Odd Couple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ghosts is by the people behind Horrible Histories. Which, <laughs> honestly, I swear, I'm obsessed with Horrible Histories. As an adult, that's really fun to watch. Yeah, I can feel it. I can, I can it's really that. fun. Um, but it's Ghost is actually an adult program. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, um, it's a house like a big old manor house where a bunch of ghosts live, and this um, young couple inherit the house. Um, one of them has a near-death experience, and it means that she can end up seeing the ghosts and interacting mm. with the ghosts. So the ghosts are all from different time periods, and they're all absolutely mental. So it's, like, it's a sitcom. Yeah, it's a comedy. Oh, I thought it was a drama. No, it's a comedy. Oh, I want to watch this now. Yeah, it's so funny. So some of the ghosts that we have include um, a politician from the 90s who died at the manor in a sex scandal. So his ghost had no trousers on. <laughs> so he's got like a shirt and a, a, a suit top on and like socks and shoes, but no trousers. And we have another ghost that was a scout leader that died by getting an arrow shot through his neck so he just has an arrow all the time <laughs> they're like um, nearly headless Nick there is actually a headless one as well and the head just rolls around and like talks to people because the body doesn't like... it is so so funny yeah, it's so fun. oh there's a gay um, there's a gay like um, war, war general gay army general why are you telling me that it's your your remit <laughs> <laughs> um, so I as well as television, have just been addicted to TikTok. Oh my god, don't so every day George sends me about five TikToks. Yeah. The reason I send so many TikToks is because that's just like the surface of how many TikToks <laughs> I watch and obsess over. Uh, there's a few particular TikTokers that I that was me opening TikTok. There's a few <laughs> There's a few particular TikTokers who I just love i think they're su- they make such good content there's one that you sent me of the girl telling people about parts of the caribbean their best <laughs> the cgi was ahead of its time yeah. 
It's one that might be of particular interest to our listeners. Is a lady called Angelie Desiree who talks predominantly about Disney Channel and Disney Channel original movies. She makes great content. She does. She it's... makes great, like real hard hitting journalism. It is though. She takes it so seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's and I really love good. It. She makes really good content. And there's another one I really love called Watch Kitty Shrink. And she's an American. She lives in the south of America. Yeah. Um, originally she was called Watch Kitty Shrink because originally it was a weight loss TikTok channel. Yeah. But now she's lost so much weight, she now just gets sent British snacks in the post and she just tries them on camera. Love that. Yeah, and she's addicted to Iron Brew. I mean, she'll get over it. No, I don't know if she will. Like, <laughs> I think she likes it because everything in America is really sweet and sugary and Iron Brew is a bit tasteless, so it's different. She thinks it tastes like bubble gum. She's really weird. Yeah, she's lovely though. She's really <laughs> like you know when you just see someone like you've got a really like pure heart. Oh, bless like her. she's that kind of person. I really like her. We should. She should now call it. I was gonna say she should now call it watch Katie eat, but that's kind of detrimental, isn't to it? Watch to, Katie yeah, what she's yeah. been through. Yeah. Yeah. Good on her. She's an inspiration. Love her. Love it. I do enjoy the TikToks that you send me. To be I fair, I really pick the best. Like. Yeah, I get the best of the best, don't I? Yeah, Ollie gets them all. <laughs> So, as you know by now, every week we pick a playlist theme, we take five songs each that we think suit that playlist theme, and then we come together and share that theme right here. And the theme this week is songs for when you love musicals, but you think the supporting cast are underrated. They are. They are. I often, when I go see a musical, fixate on a couple of members of the ensemble. Yeah, and they'll come out every time and you'll see them as different characters yeah. so you'll recognise them. And they're always like, they always really give it everything they've yeah. got. Yeah, they're great. So basically today, we're trying to give some credit to the people in musicals that aren't necessarily like the top two on the bill. Yeah, but they are probably some of the hardest working people. Yeah, and although some of the numbers that we're going to talk about today do feature probably some or all of the leads... It's really about the ensemble that make those songs. Yeah, so exactly. Good. So before we get started, I did want to know what are some of your favourite musicals? Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, they're some of my favourite musicals. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hamilton is is one of my favourite musicals of all time. Yeah. Uh, actually, you probably some of my favourite musicals are going to come up today. Yeah, mine too. One that isn't going to come up for me is Anne Juliet that we went to see. Oh, love Anne oh, Juliet. It does actually have some great chorus numbers yeah. in it. Yeah. A great ensemble but number. The problem is, so Anne Juliet, for anyone that doesn't know, is all basically all pop songs, isn't it? It's yeah. one producer. Max Martin, who is one of the biggest, most successful pop music producers of all time. Yeah. Produced for Britney and Sync, Backstreet Boys, Celine Dion and Bon Jovi. It's all his work, basically, fit into an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And it's fantastic yeah we love it I'm desperate to see it again we love it yeah we're going to see I'm going to see Joseph next week which does feature some of the best chorus numbers it, it, that's true it does yeah not, they're not coming up today actually but I think the best one of the best chorus numbers is actually Go 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 Joseph yeah it's really good and I really love the Pharaoh's number as well with the cows yeah that, I'm not even putting that in it no I feel like I should have I love Joseph oh go, well go, 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 go. sorry everyone <laughs> Should we go, 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 get started? Yeah, let's <laughs> go, 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 get started. <laughs> My first song this week is the Skylar Sisters from Hamilton. <laughs> so why do you think this is such a great ensemble number so i don't know if anyone's seen hamilton live because tickets were gold dust but it's on disney plus now isn't it, it? i'm scared to watch it in case it's like i'm scared to watch it's, it i haven't watched it so good but the number is fantastic so i've been allowed to pick this one because it's the three skylar sisters and aaron burr so technically it's four people yeah right so it's and also the ensemble cast are doing lots of dancing and stuff. There is like a big dance. It's a big number. It's a group number. Exactly. The dancing is fantastic. There's rapping in it. All the girls sound amazing. They do. It, it's just so fantastic. I've, I only ever listen to the cast recording, but this is one of those ones that I have on like my musical theatre playlist separate, even though yeah. I've not seen Hamilton. Yeah. Absolutely love it. But it's really funky. It's like a really funky yeah. jam. 
It's really funky. Um, and my dream role was to play Peggy. And Peggy. <laughs> Peggy. Um, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Peggy 18 that comes up and starts <laughs> games. You play a computer game. Yeah. Peggy 18. Um, yeah. For, that's like an in-joke. That's like a musical theatre joke, isn't it? Cause the yeah, two, they call so, her Anne Peggy. So the three Skylar sisters, they're Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. Yeah. And like Angelica and Eliza sing their names like really beautifully. And she's like, Peggy! Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it, it is brilliant. And technically, Angelica and Eliza are, and Aaron Burr are main characters in it, but Peggy's kind of a supporting character. She doesn't really get a look in anywhere else. But the actress that plays Peggy comes back in the second half. So she's booked and blessed. Yeah, to play a different character. Oh, okay who is also important like semi-important yes weird confession I've only ever listened to Act 1 of Hamilton I am much more familiar with Act 1 because what I'll do is I'll put on the Hamilton soundtrack and listen to it for ages and think I should probably stop listening to the Hamilton soundtrack now and that's usually about the beginning of Act 2 yeah. so I'm much more familiar it's with it's like Act I'm one. very familiar with Act 1 of Les Mis for the same reason exactly the same, <laughs> the same reason because it's so long and obviously Hamilton is all music it's, it's an opera through. so an opera, isn't an opera. It? but yeah so uh this is in my opinion one of the best songs in hamilton it's actually the song that i first listened to from hamilton it was like now i need to listen to the hamilton soundtrack it's the one i would continuously go back to from hamilton yeah and i think it really so showcases everyone's talent it's really really good plus i naturally gravitate more t- towards female singers the female singers in hamilton are always amazing so it's only those three roles so they yeah. have to like they proper give it they're the only three female parts, aren't they? Yeah, and the female songs are. Oh hard. my god! So they're satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah. Oh, such a, an amazing song. And then in the second part of Hamilton, Eliza sings a song called "Burn." I read about "Burn." It is such a difficult song. I can't imagine singing it. So props to the ladies of Hamilton. Um, Skylar Sisters is probably the best best number in the first. I really like the lyric in the Skylar Sisters. The line where they say, we believe all men are created equal, but we're going to compel them to include women in the sequel. Yeah. And I love that. Like, obviously, it's deeper than just a line in a song. Yeah. But I think it's a really clever lyric. It's really... But what, if there's one... So, we're going to we're gonna put this out here now. Me and George are big Lin-Manuel Miranda fans. He's a genius. He's yeah. very talented. As a songwriter. Yeah. Can't sing. <laughs> uh, or rap. His rapping's not great. I find him really cringy. Oh, it's really rude. But we, we love him so much. I love I love Lynn. He's such a genius. And the writing of Hamilton is He's an incredible, incredible songwriter. Incredible, incredibly written. Yeah, he's a great songwriter. Yeah. Um, so talking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, yeah. my first song is from his other massive hit, uh, it's the song 96,000 from the musical In the Heights. Real though, imagine how it feel going real slow Down the highway of life with no regrets And no breaking your neck for respect or a paycheck For real though, I take a break from the wheel and wheel throw We just block party, everybody yeah. A week and a week and we take it easy so I've actually never seen the Broadway show of this or the West End production of this and so I've only ever seen the film but I I knew the film was coming out and I was like oh I'm not sure if I'm like, bothered by it yeah I'm not sure if it's my thing because um, by this point I hadn't even really listened to Hamilton that much yeah. either, so I was like oh yeah, just yeah. it's getting made because the guy from Hamilton's made it and they want to like cash in on his name was my humble opinion at the time and then I just put on I already you know you're just like in a really musical theatre mood so I just went and put on like a best of Broadway sound, best of Broadway playlist. Yeah. And then the song ninety six thousand came on and it started and like I was just like, oh, this is really good. So then I like pulled my phone out. I was like, oh, it's this is from Heights. In the Heights. And I knew I from that I knew I had to then go and see the film. Yeah. I was like, this is brilliant. In the Heights has quite a few great chorus numbers. Yeah. There's the opening number, mm. obviously. Usually an opening number is a chorus number, yes. isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and the opening number is great. Um, but this one I really like particularly because it features a few different genres of music in there. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that I liked it. Obviously, because it's Lynn, like it's yeah. so well written, so clever, um, and he obviously knows a lot about a lot of genres of music. But there'll be points of the song where I'd be like, "Oh my god, I love this bit," and there'll be points where I'd be like, oh, "This isn't so me." But it chops and yeah, changes. Yeah, chops and changes throughout the song. It's quite a long one, isn't it? It's so, a quite a long one. Yeah. yeah. So be glad that we're not including whole songs on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be listening to like seven minutes of about eighty different people. Um, this song does something I really like mm. in a chorus number, in that 
everyone then starts overlapping with each other. Yeah, yeah. and all of the styles overlap as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, so for some context. In the musical, uh, Usnavi runs a, like a corner shop and they get a phone call saying you sold a winning lottery ticket yesterday. Um, so and he kind of knows all his customers, so they're like, we know it's one of these people. Yeah. So then everyone's suddenly like, 96,000. And like starts mumbling it, and then they all just start hypotheticalizing what? about what they would do with their 96,000. Yeah. And everyone's got different dreams. Um, Vanessa dreams of she's like, she's just going to leave. You will never see her again. Um, the salon ladies are dreaming about what they would do with their money. Yeah. Usnavi's like, I would set up my grandma i would move to back to the dominican republic benny's like i go to business school and multiply my money yeah um you know they've all got different dreams and different aspirations and in the heights is kind of a story about people's dreams every character has a plot but everyone it's all about what everyone's dreams are for this neighborhood and what they want to do i think lin-manuel miranda really writes well about like ordinary people like because even mm. hamilton he's made it about like the struggles of yes. like um, you relate to these people who you have no way really of ever relating yeah, to yeah he really really does there's a line in it like immigrants we get the job done it's, that's similar to in the heights isn't it yes. it's about how immigration and has actually built up and america that's what basically hamilton is but in in the heights it's like look at this community of, immigrants. This, of all these different people from all these different yeah. parts of the world and it kind of covers like i think really wonderfully all all these different stories so not just like the modern immigration story but you've got an undocumented character who's just terrified constantly you've yeah, got yeah. Gabriela who emigrated when she was a, she was a child and her mum brought her over you've got Rishnavi who wants to emigrate back to yeah. the Dominican like, you've got all these different people who are sharing their stories yeah. and I think that's really interesting and stories that probably don't get heard that often yeah I think he's he's very good at that In the Heights is it was his first big success really yeah wasn't it, it was yeah and then to go for absolutely success to success after that I would like In the Heights to get put back on the West End so I can go I'd love to go and see it I'm definitely going to watch the movie you should it's on it's out now on like streaming and it's out out now (laughs) other musicals featuring rap are available (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's called Hamilton (laughs) (laughs) my next song is oh my god you guys from Legally Blonde oh my god oh my god you guys great song isn't it yeah why I get it in my head all the time i think it's the best opening number it's such a good opening number it establishes the world that l lives in yeah. really well you you get to know l very quickly in that you know she's a smart woman right away yeah. and everyone it, gets a chance to sing we're talking about pop musicals legally blonde is definitely a pop musical yeah and i do love it i've seen it um amateur, amateurly done uh, in America, and then I've seen it, and then I've listened to it, like both soundtracks. I think it was actually on YouTube for a while. The it American was one. the American Broadway production with Laura Bell Bundy was yeah. on YouTube for a little while, and I don't really know yeah, why. Yeah, so I've seen a bit of that too. I was blessed to see Sheridan Smith do it twice. She was what wonderful. I do. I really love the Sheridan Smith version of the soundtrack. To be honest, I think Sheridan Smith is such a great comedy actress. Yeah, she's a great actress generally, and a great singer too. Yeah. So I, I think she really captures everything that is about Elwood. Yeah. But actually, because we're talking about ensembles, we're not really talking about Elwoods today. Isn't it? Isn't it? At the end. to the end. Can we talk about the best version of this song? <laughs> 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 Courtney, take your break. Just ignore her. She hasn't been well. Try this latest from Milan. Go on. Try it on. I take care of my best clientele. It's a gift from me to didn't it yeah and i kind of felt bad for the kids that are in it but i am gonna laugh at them is it a high school thing or is it college i think it's younger than college i almost think it's like community theater yeah basically a production of legally blonde was put on and it sort of went viral because it was so i'm so sorry children but it was fucking awful yeah i you've probably moved on to bigger and better things yeah i hope you haven't got trauma from it going viral oh my god it's so funny though wasn't it oh my lord it's something i think you need to see to believe yeah so we'll pop the link um 
on Instagram or or Twitter or something because I'm sure it's still on YouTube. But it's it's basically just this really poorly done. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I listen, especially that Courtney Take Your Break bit, Courtney so Take Your Break, this song, I think about that. I like because she, she clearly like misses her timing. She's like, oh my god, Edwards, Courtney Take Your Break. She's just so fast. <laughs> she can't, like, <laughs> she can't. But even like the costumes and the dancing, so lackluster. Don't oh, no, they try? They didn't try, George. I'm blaming the adults that put it on. They're yeah, who, I wouldn't have let I wouldn't have let them go on stage. I I, they them are harder. the ones getting the blame because I would they. Have pushed them harder. The only thing that I can think of that would justify it is if that they were told a week before. <laughs> a that they day. Were <laughs> I think we could do better. So it is a wonderful opening number. And Legally Blonde is a wonderful musical, but if you want to see a poor example of a wonderful musical, watch that clip. We'll find it. Get it has to be found. <laughs> Oh, we do love it. It's a brilliant opening number. Uh, and Legally Blonde, it's a brilliant musical. One of my faves. Yeah, I love it. We love it. Second time it's been included on the podcast, actually. It is, yeah. Well yeah. done. Well done, it. So my next song is Raise You Up slash Just Be from Kinky Boots, the musical. Once I was afraid, but then you came along. Put your faith in me and I was challenged to be strong When I lost my way, you were there to see me through Now let all the lens of love and do the same okay, I told my mum that you were including something from Kinky Boots and I, Like, every time I talk about Kinky Boots, I feel like she's going to cry She absolutely loves it so much I chose this song in particular So it's the closing number of Kinky Boots And then they take their character There's no speed, it's like literally the song ends and Right there I chose it because I felt like when it finished, the entire theatre, so I've seen it three times now, mm. once on Broadway, in London, and then on tour, mm. and every time it finishes, everyone just leaves with the biggest smile on their face. Yeah, everyone gets up and dances, don't they? Has a good time, and it's just wonderful. I think it wraps up everyone's story, everybody gets a little moment in the chorus. Yeah. It's so feel good. Yeah, agreed. And you'd never believe it was written by Cindy Lauper. I know, it's not her start. It makes you realise how talented she actually is. I just think it's such a fun musical. It's the story of a shoe factory in Northampton, England. Um, I was blessed to see Billy Porter yes. play the role of Lola, who was wonderful. Matt Henry is, was oh, a fantastic he's also, Lola yeah, as well. you, I couldn't fault him. He was easily the second best Lola I've ever seen. But you know when you've seen Billy Porter, it's Billy <laughs> Porter. It's like... <laughs> so I am particularly chose the Broadway cast recording. Yeah. Because I do usually prefer the West End cast recording because I don't know if anyone's ever noticed, but generally West End cast recordings are done live from the yeah, stage. Yeah, they are. And Broadway cast recordings are often done in a studio. They're a bit more polished. And I think sometimes on the Broadway cast recordings, because of that, you miss out on those charming little riffs, those spontaneous moments you... Yeah. You, can, you know, you can hear the audience laughter. Yeah. You, I love those little moments on the cast recording. Yeah. But I have to choose this. Because of Billy Porter. Because it's Billy Porter. It was like his triumphant Broadway return after 10 years or so of not performing on Broadway. Yeah, and he's famous for it, isn't he? Yeah, I think, well, it's his Tony Award winning role. I wish yeah. he'd come and done it in London. You know, like how Adina Menzel came and opened Wicked over here? And, and then left it to Carrie Ellis. Yeah, or like Catherine McPhee came over and did waitress before yeah. handing it over to Lucy Jones you know it's, it's a thing where like often the Broadway star will come and launch it over here before handing it over to whoever's yeah. doing it for us and I wish he'd come and done it yeah just you know for maybe a couple of months like England I mean it's an English show maybe he thought he wouldn't his accent wouldn't hold up well most of them don't that's one thing that I will say about the Broadway cast recording okay yeah I'll give you that when I saw it on Broadway I thought one of the characters was meant to be Australian <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That's where you saw it first. Yeah, so, I saw it on Broadway. Yeah. Whereas my first experience of Kinky Boots was the movie. Really weird situation where a movie w was, uh, the musical is based on a movie. With, um. So, what did you for? I've got his name. That's him. Yeah. He plays Lola in the movie. And I feel like Joel Edgerton plays. Charlie? Yeah. Love that. Uh, but that's it. It's, it's really sort of independent, like Channel 4 type. Yeah, that kind of movie. movie so yeah. for it to go on and become not just a, a West End show, but to be picked up by Broadway producers yeah, exactly. and be put on in America and then to sweep the board and 
It's just the ultimate feel-good show. But this song in particular, I love. Every Everyone's character arc gets concluded in this song. Mm. And it's just really positive and... I can't think of anything more to say about it than that. It's brilliant. Uh, Kinky Boots is a fantastic musical. I think it's my favourite musical. Do you? I think it would be, oh yeah. Oh my god, you and my mum. Yeah, it's my favourite. Okay, my next song is Turn It Off from The Book of Mormon. Knowing that it's written by the guys from South Park and yeah. Team America, I was not expecting it to be what I would call a proper musical. Same. I was Same. expecting it to be silly little skit songs and, you know, things like that. And it's a proper, proper musical. Yeah. I mean, it's probably offensive in every country and every language around the world. Yeah. But that's, I mean, you wouldn't go and see a musical by the guys that have written South Park if you weren't prepared sensitive. for that to happen yeah it's like everyone's a target yeah that's how i feel about them i don't know if that's everyone's feelings on yeah. the guys from south park agreed rather than being offensive themselves they're almost making fun of the people that would think that way you yes. know what i mean rather than actually thinking that way themselves yes so, i mean the songs are obviously funny because it's written by two comedians yeah. but the songs are like style wise and structure wise like any other musical. Yeah, all of the numbers that you'd expect, all of the tropes that you'd expect um, from musical theatre songs. This number, Turn It Off, is even like a big Broadway-style number oh, with like... with the tap. It's got yeah, a tap it's number. Got, it's got a tap dancing in it. They're all in like glittery sequined outfits. It's And it's really great. It does what all great group numbers do in that it introduces a group of characters really quickly. It lets yeah. you know what they're all about. Yeah. So it, it's really effective. Yeah in that i think as well props to them because see it's obviously very difficult to write comedy but what is more difficult is writing comedy songs that are that genuinely actually, stand that up. are actually good songs yeah. at the same time as being which is what the book of mormon does really well there's some other people as well me and george love crazy ex-girlfriend she writes amazing comedy songs but bo burnham's albums come out inside amazing yes, comedy songs that actually hold up as and you know how song. I feel about Flight the Concords, exactly the same. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. And even like the Boosh, the Mighty Boosh, <clears throat> maybe wouldn't translate as well as a stage show. But it's the same concept, isn't it? Being able to write a comedy song is not easy, and that's why not everyone does it. No, people, some people that try it aren't always good at it. That's often why we don't see many really comedy musicals. There are funny elements in musicals, funny moments. It's not always the lyrics that are the funny yeah. part. Book of Mormon has hysterical lyrics, and Turn It Off just kind of highlights the hypocrisy within the Mormon religion. Yeah, it totally does. And it also is just ridiculous. It just shows the complete ridiculousness that I think they're basically trying to portray. They create about. another testament of the Bible, don't they? Yeah, by basically, the end of the by movie. the end of it, because they just can. And I think that's the point, isn't it? That yeah. Everything is just so ridiculous. Um, and I hope it runs and runs for years and years and years. Yeah. Turn it off, one of my favourite numbers, really fun gets in my head all the time but there's so many great ensemble numbers I could have picked hello the, hello Hasadiga evil one but that one says the c word way too much in it although we are explicit we we try to be a bit yeah more. I don't think I'd say the c word on this podcast I think you'd cut it out if I did yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am Africa near yeah. the end I am Africa's good actually even things like spooky Mormon hell dream technically yeah because there's all the other characters that come in Jeffrey Dahmer is a character in spooky Mormon hell dream <laughs> <laughs> just the songs are so great some of them I listen to it and I'm like oh that was inspired by Wicked oh that was inspired by this you can definitely like yes there's see the see how they've taken songs from other musicals and they basically looked at all the great musicals and gone right what works what yeah and then did it in, done it in like a funny way and it's great genius love Book of Mormon don't go and see it if you're easily offended but if you know what it's it's brilliant. Love it. So my next song is uh, opening up. 
from Waitress. So this is the opening number from Waitress. Weird. Opening up. So Waitress, <laughs> as you probably can gather, is a musical set in a diner. It is, yeah. Focusing on a character, Jenna and her friends, waitresses. Mm -hmm. An opening up, I think, does everything that an opening number needs to do. It sets up the world. Yeah. Introduces all the characters. Yeah. You get to know a bit about how they feel about the world. Yeah, it's sort of like, this is what you can expect from this person. This is the storyline that you can expect. Yeah. And also they all sound wonderful when they do it. It's a lovely style of musical because it's almost a bit folky country as well as like poppy. Yes. So it's written by Sarah Bareilles. So who... yeah, she's folky country she's as well as country. poppy. Yeah, that's kind of her thing, isn't it? <laughs> she actually, she has on and off played the lead role. She as has, well, yeah. which is quite rare. It doesn't always happen that often, yeah. unless you're Lin Manuel Miranda, who just casts herself. Yeah, but he's also an actress and a singer. She's yeah. literally just a singer. Who's then? But she has done a whole separate album, like called Songs from Waitress. Yeah. So then they're the songs from the show, but done more in her style. Yeah. So there's so many great songs in Waitress, but I, the first time I listened to the cast recording, obviously I started at the beginning. I knew right away this was my sort of musical. Well, I went to see it. Uh, January last year, and I saw Lucy Jones. We know. Oh, I love, love Lucy, Lucy Jones. Jones, and she was phenomenal. And it just has such a feel-good factor. I mean, I don't know if the moral of Waitress is that good. Spoiler alert: she is a married woman having an affair with a married man. Disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, they say the c-word in Book of Mormon, but that I can't abide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're easily offended, don't go and see Waitress <laughs> about extramarital affairs. I have I have listened to some songs from Waitress. It's the sort of thing that I feel like I should listen to the whole soundtrack. It's just of. fun. It's got a good energy. There's only one song on the whole soundtrack I skip, and that's called "Take It from an Old Man." Because as you can oh, guess, it's the old man song. The old man song. <laughs> most most musicals have them, and we all skip them. Yeah, who listens to the Dr. Dillman song from Wicked? I don't even know its name. Skip it every damn time. <laughs> every time. And I mean, Hairspray, I'd probably skip your timeless to me. Yeah, but not in the movie. You'd never do that in the no. movie, would you? No. Because Christopher Walken's a wonderful dancer. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the harmonies that you get in opening up. It's very good. When they're all it's layered. It's a very well-structured musical. Like, the songs, again, would stand on their own, I think, because you're, like, a, yes. a pop singer, a pop artist, a pop songwriter. There was another song I was um, toying between, which is the song that comes almost right after this one, where Jenna is taking a pregnancy test in the toilet. Oh, my God. Whose baby is it? Oh, so she's not having the affair yet. Oh, okay, so the, it's, a, it's a fine baby. Yeah. Ah! She's having an affair with her gynaecologist. That's really... Her husband's abusive. I feel better about it now. <laughs> but, so she's taking a pregnancy test and it's called Focus on the Negative because she does not want to get pregnant with her with her abusive husband's baby. Yeah. And it's between the three lead waitresses again and then it ends with just Jenna going, shit. And she's pregnant. Brilliant. Clever. Well written. It's good. I would recommend going to see Waitress. It's going to be on tour, UK tour. Is it? Mm. Should we get tickets? I'd like to go. I've got. Get tickets. Yeah, let's do it. Done. Okay, right. My next song, which is from a musical which, again, has been already featured in the podcast, it's put on your Sunday clothes. Beneath your parasol, the world is all a smile that makes you feel brand new down to your toes. Get out your feathers, your pattern leathers, your beads and buckles and bows. Oh, there's no blue Monday in your Sunday. No Monday in your Sunday. No so, because of this podcast, I now know two songs from Hello Dolly. <laughs> and I now like one song from Hello Dolly. <laughs> And I did not know it was Michael Crawford is in the Phantom of the Opera. Yes! And I love Michael Crawford in this. I love Michael Crawford in this. I love everyone in this. It's such a happy song. So I first listened to it as I was going around Asda getting ingredients for a quiche. 
And <laughs> you have a, you have a quiche. I've made a quiche before. Lovely. It's a lot of work. It takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was listening to it, and it was going on. And I like how it builds. Yeah. So I've never seen the film or the stage show, but I could really, really picture everyone on stage like giving it some welly. Like, yeah. is this the interval number? Like, where does this fit? This is one of the opening numbers. But I've I've never seen the stage show. I've only ever seen the movie. Right. In the movie action happens before it which is quite unusual for a musical isn't I, it yeah i feel like that's what happens because we have to be introduced to the characters before this oh okay um if that makes sense yes so i do have a question for you actually so barbara shiredown very famously played the role on film yeah and everyone really loved what she did with it but recently there was a broadway revival of hello yes. dolly which won a lot of tonys and um critical acclaim because bet midler made her broadway debut obviously Currently, Bette Midler and Barbara Streisand are probably around the same age, aren't yeah. they? So, is Bette far too old for the part now? Yeah. Or was Barbara very young for the part? Barbara's very young. Right, why Why cast her then? So basically, she's a matchmaker. Dolly is a matchmaker. Right, okay. And she um, obviously puts together couples, and it's set like in the early 1900s, oh, maybe. Because I know I've seen like the costumes are all... Yeah, it's, it's set like in the early and... 1900s in New York. Classic. New York State and New York. Um, and basically, she's supposed to set up one of her clients, but she actually wants to get with this client. And he is an older man, which is what he's about. He must be in his 50s. Obviously, we're saying Barbara Streisand is wonderful in the part. Mm. I can't comment either way. I haven't seen mm. it. But it almost is nicer if it is an older woman, because it's like an older woman finding love later yeah, on in her life. Yeah, because all her job is to do is to find other people mm, and then, love, and then she ends up finding herself love. And also in the musical, she's very well established. She's very, everyone knows her. She's very confident and you would suggest so to, that an older lady So to have, that. do they have to change things, do you think, for Barbara to do it? No, because she's just like that, isn't she? Do you know she what I mean? A, she has a presence. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. It's really, it's really fun. And I just love Barbara Streisand. And this number. How fun is this number? Really, really, really like this number. So it's not the opening number. I've just looked it up. But it's very early on in the film. It's like the third number or something like oh, that. okay. And um, basically they're all just going to go to New York and have a great time. And it's Put on their Sunday clothes. Yeah. So they're all in separate parts of the town. And they all end oh, up... Oh, I really like that. So everyone's like coming together. Yeah, so they're all in their own places. And then they're all singing in their own places. And then they end up all coming together like to get on the train to go into New York. I love in musicals where you have three people or like groups of people in all different places and then they come together yeah like they somehow just because it's a musical yeah that's another musical trope isn't it but what this is probably the oldest musical in our, in our oh by a long by yeah. a long mile as well <laughs> yeah like several decades yeah. between this and yeah, the... so i had to put a classic in it's not a classic classic but technically it is but yeah disney plus go check it out okay welcome so my next song is nine to five from the musical nine to five. Nine to Five is a musical adaptation of the 80s film of the same name, which starred Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and of course Dolly Parton. And when it was adapted for Broadway, they asked Dolly if she would like to also come back and make her Broadway debut as a songwriter. So she wrote the entire book. And it's not a jukebox musical, it's all brand new songs, bar Nine to Five. Yeah. Because obviously you cannot have Nine to Five musical without Nine to Five. Yeah. But why I chose this is I think this is such a great example of taking it, taking an existing song yeah. and making it unrecognisable. She didn't just go, oh, we'll just slap 9 to 5 in. Yeah, we'll have one person sing it. And it would have been well easy for Dolly to go, oh, at the end, curtain call, and then the whole cast just sing 9 to 5. Yeah, and everyone has a line. Yeah, and they all do that. At the end of the musical, they do all sing 9 to 5 again. But this opening number I really like because there's new lyrics. It's not just the original... Because that's quite a short song, really. It's like yeah, three it, minutes long or so. Yeah, and in musical songs, you have a chorus, but it doesn't get repeated as often, and the verses are longer, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, so she uses like the existing melody of 9 to 5, yeah. but establishes the three women, the three main characters yeah. in it. Um, a lot of musicals, you know they have that refrain that will come throughout the musical? Yes. 
So you know the part towards the end of 9 to 5 where Judy is singing about how uh, dreams and plans are in the... Oh, you're yeah. kidding. Dreams that success yeah. is out there for the taking. That come, that's like her refrain. Yeah. That she, we see the world through her eyes in the musical and the film. Yeah. She's the, the, the key into the world. Is that Emma from Love Island? So yes, I specifically requested... Please only include the Broadway cast recording. So we don't want to hear Amber from Love So specifically do not listen to the West End cast recording because it is Amber Davies recorded live from the stage. So in the 9 to 5 song, she is alright because it's it's more softly sung. Mm. But her character has the best song in the show called Get Out and Stay Out. It's the it's the diva moment. So she starts... It's the, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. It is. It's that incredible moment. Stephanie J. Block did it on Broadway. So Amber Davies is not in the same league as Stephanie J. Block. <laughs> it, it sometimes happens in the West End, though. Every now and then you do get that that star that can pull it off. Yes. I would, America's just a larger place. There's just yeah. more talent. 9 5 had a really funny story in that it completely flopped on Broadway. It closed after nine months. Tickets We freaking love it over here, though, don't we? It's really weird. So it's about an American workplace. Yeah, it's because they're probably like, no, we know this. Yeah. And it's, then we're like, oh, America! Oh, <laughs> So yeah, it flopped on Broadway, closed after nine months, the, the US tour got cut short. Dolly got nominated for her Tony, but it, it didn't get nominated for a lot. Do you think she got, also got nominated for that to be like, oh... Because it's Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly's written something. It's yeah. like every time that Meryl Streep's in something, they have she to nominate her, yeah. of her performance. Um, and then when it came over here, they did it initially as a UK tour, so I saw it years ago on yeah. the UK tour. And that was like a runaway success, it sold out night and after night. And then it got... They transferred it to the West End. Yeah. Rejigged the production. Did it go through the Savoy? Savoy Theatre yeah. yeah, in London, and it ran for a couple of years, and now it's going back on you, back on another tour. And it's just so much fun. Dolly added new songs for the London run. Um, she loves the London. I think she really believes in the musical. And she loves it. She really gets behind everything, including vaccines. <laughs> Did you see her song? Uh, like, vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. My last song of the show this week is La Vie Boheme. From Rent. Lovey Bowen. Lovey Bowen. Lovey Bowen. Days of inspiration, playing hooky, making something out of nothing. The need to express, to communicate, to going against the grain, going in. Literally said the best till last. It's an interval number. It is an interval number. I think it's the only, is it the only interval, looking through my little, I think it's the only song we've got here. That we've got closing numbers. Opening numbers and random numbers that just pop up in the show. Yeah. But this is like that classic, send you on your way, send you onto the interval with a pep in your step. Yeah, like feeling well excited for the second act. Yes, which opens then with Seasons of Love, weird. Yeah. Um. So I went for the movie version of this because... It's fucking brilliant. It's the one we know and love, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's amazing. And all of like the dialogue. Oh, it's oh, it's so good. It's the perfect ensemble number. Everyone gets a moment. Everyone gets a moment. There's supporting cast in it. There's dialogue in it. There's strangers in it. There's jokes in it. I'm not really sure. What does Levivo M add to the plot? Nothing. Zero. <laughs> there's like a little segue in it, isn't there? To the middle bit, I should tell you. I should tell you is important. But La Viva Hemp is just a fun song that's giving you an insight into the world of the queer community, the artist community in New York at the time. In the yes, 80s. We said, like we said, it sends you into the interval desperate to come back for yeah. more. It's also one of those songs that stands on its own. Because, because it's not a huge significant part of the plot, it's just a group of friends having fun on a night out. Because then things change in the second act. The second act's depressing. Oh. <laughs> so they have obviously their big success in the first act. And then act two, just a lot of dying. Everyone dies. It's about AIDS, isn't it? So everyone dies. Yeah. Because that's what happened with AIDS. It was a disaster. It's hideous. Disaster. <laughs> but yes, it was. It, it was. wasn't. It actually was a technical disaster. It was. A... Technical professionals didn't know how to deal with it. And the public didn't care because it was gay people dying. Yeah. So that's why I read such an important musical, and maybe it's not, maybe it's outdated now, I don't know. I think it's still important. It was my first insight into that tragedy, yes. basically. I actually... from a pop, Definitely from a pop culture perspective. But it was the first time I ever saw people not just be like, well, that's it, I'm dead. But they got on with their lives. Mm -hmm. They lived their lives still as much as they could. Yeah, especially Angel. Oh, Angel was an angel. Angel was an angel. 
So I did want to touch on when they licensed Rent mm. to be performed in high schools around America. A lot of high schools in America changed the HIV AIDS to diabetes. So they were putting on productions of Rent where these people were dying of diabetes. So in a group of friends. <laughs> <laughs> in a group of friends. Eight out of ten of them had diabetes. You can't catch diabetes. No. It's a disease that you develop or yeah. are or born. born with. Yeah. No, the thing is, I can believe that because America's weird. Because America. Just don't put on a production of Rent. But I can't believe that because it's ridiculous at the same time. It loses all also, its... Also, there are other illnesses. Yeah. Cancer? Other viruses, other things that could have killed them. Yeah. Because it's not there's no point trying to make it happier because people die in it. They contract a disease and die. But imagine, you know the scene I should tell you where Roger and um Mimi both realise that they're HIV positive. Yeah. Because that's kind of what's been holding them back is they don't want to pass on their illness yeah. to the other person, do they? When they both realise that each other are HIV positive, they decide to give it a go. Imagine that moment where they both realise that they're diabetic instead of oh my god <laughs> it doesn't work does it what a fucking joke it's actually almost offensive because of the message that Jonathan Larson <laughs> wanted to put across with Red to be like no we think diabetes is more <laughs> is more what we're about how offensive to his like Legacy. genius in his work <laughs> fucking hell and look up the U equals U movement very important Actual reality. Act, Act up. up. Fight, Fight AIDS. AIDS. My final song is what I think is the best ensemble number, the best closing number from any musical ever. Oh my god, it's, can you guess? It's You Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray. <laughs> Hairspray's not my favourite musical by a long shot. Um, the movie's great. The movie's great and I hate the stage show and I would never see the stage show ever again. Whoa. There are three musicals I've ever seen in my life that I left thinking... I don't want to watch that again. They were Matilda, Everyone's Talking About Jamie, and Hairspray. And You heard it here first, guys. Yeah. But the movie of Hairspray is iconic. The movie of Hairspray is wonderful. And also original Hairspray. That yeah. is not a musical, also wonderful, but in a different way. But the You Can't Stop the Beat closing number, when I remember leaving the cinema the first time seeing it, because I didn't know any of the songs, I didn't know much about Hairspray, it wasn't a big show yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, was Yeah, it? exactly, that was the, my first introduction to all of the songs of Hairspray. So leaving, and it was You Can't Stop the Beat, I literally went to HMB in Gunmore and bought the soundtrack. Yeah, cinema, straight to HMB. And bought, I was like, I have to have this, because... I had it on CD. Yeah, me too. It's just such a fun song, again... Everyone gets a little moment. Mm -hmm. There's only one verse that they cut from the stage show to the film, which was the Von Tussles. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, but it's on the deleted scenes on the DVD if you're that interested. But I love the dancing. I love the costumes. The choreography. Love, oh my gosh, it's so good. It's such a feel-good song. You Try say you can't stop the beat, and my head goes, motion of the ocean of the face of the so they did a tutorial because Hairspray has just reopened on the West End in London. Mm. Um, is Michael Wall back? Yeah, he is. What back. a surprise! Just living in that. Cast dress. someone else. Yeah, there are other people that can do the part. So I think that part of it was for me is I was so excited to see Hairspray because Michael Ball had been, he'd won, a, he'd won the Olivier. He had, was being raved about. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be wonderful, and I just felt like he didn't want to be there. He just looked, and I understand every performer has an off day. To be fair though, when John Travolta can outperform you dressed as a fat woman, yeah, it's not good, is it? And you're uh, and you're Michael Ball. Yeah, I think the thing is, I appreciate every performer has an off day. Do not get me wrong, but when I've paid sixty seventy quid for a ticket, you can't. I you, don't really want you having an off day the day I've paid all that money. But you've got to have an off, have your off day earlier in the day. Yeah, you put you get your dress on, your little wig on, and you have a good time. But well, it we went to see Shrek. Yeah. Richard Blackwood was having an off day. So they took him off at the interval. Yeah, they took him off at the interval and cut out his one song. That was they? bad. That was yeah, embarrassing. That was really embarrassing. Um, but it wasn't just him. It was the whole cast. Really? Like, like an oomph. I think Hairspray, most of the songs pack a punch. I, I would find it really difficult, I think, because... 
the movie creates such a wonderful atmosphere and a vibe of this this town, this place, what the people are like. I'd always feel let not let down, but like a bit disappointed. I think by a stage show of it. I so I do wonder if. If I'd seen the stage show first, would I feel differently? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like it's that sort of thing. Because I'm very much a purist. I'm, I'm a book over a movie person. Um, but then even so, I firmly believe the Mamma Mia movie is mm. better than the Mamma Mia stage show. Yeah. But I would go and see the stage show. Yeah. The stage show is still good. You know, it would never be my first choice. I've seen it three or four times. But it's a great, you know, it's, that for me is a very, it's still, I still enjoy the stage show of Mamma Mia, even though I think the film's better. Yeah, I, but I know you do, I don't, you don't like Hairspray. And to be honest, even though I love the movie, absolutely adore the movie, I've never been interested in seeing Hairspray. I don't know what it is. There's something about it. it. I wish I hadn't. Because then it could almost just be this like. In a weird way, does it feel cheap? Feel cheap? Yeah, I think it, it just, everything felt slightly wrong. Also, if you're going to put Christopher Walken in a movie, don't try and play, get someone else to play the character. So I saw Nigel Planner. Oh, I do love Nigel Yeah. I do love him. So I saw Nigel Planner play um, Wilbur. But is he Christopher Walken? I had so much fun talking about musicals. And I think we will come back and do other songs from musicals. We're going to have to because I feel like we've been actually really passionate and knowledgeable this episode. Yeah, so we've done ensemble numbers. Tell us what you want next. You know, male solos, female solos. The old man songs. Never. I'm not doing the old man song. <laughs> duets. Your favourite musical duets. Oh, duets could be next. I've got another one from Book of Mormon. Maybe we should try and just do these shows every time. No. <laughs> Well, um, oh, mega playlist, mega playlist. What are you going to pick? What am I putting on the mega playlist? I'm putting, oh my god, you guys, on the mega playlist. Oh my god, oh my god, you guys. What are you putting on the mega playlist? I don't know, apparently. I've got it. You're a mess. <laughs> I am going to put on 96,000, I think. 96,000. Oh my god, this has been so much fun. I love to talk about musicals, talk about musicals, morning, noon, and dinner. Yeah, we could do it, could we? Um, so where can you find us? Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Songs for Wempod, and you can listen to us. Oh my god, there's so many more platforms! Check us out, season two. We come through. We're like RuPaul's Drag Race. No, season one was a mess, and yeah. then series two onwards. So we are now at Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Deezer, TuneIn. If you can't remember any of that, go to our Instagram at Songs for Wempod and click the link because there is a, a list of all of them. There's a link tree, and if you go on to Audioboom dot com slash Songs for we'll put the link in there as well. You will find every platform that we're available on, or if you go to our website, which we will add a link to on our. Stunning. Well, and if you're interested in any of the playlists that we've made so far, you can find them on Spotify if you search for Songs for When. There's an account with all our playlists on it. So just now, it's time for us to say goodbye in the um, immortal words of Vanessa Ann Hudgens. I've got to go my own way. I've got to <laughs> be